0: Father, we thank you for how good you are and all of the things in this world that the world calls good, all of them combined can't even come close to who you are. Can't even come close to one moment with you. We recognize in a world that's constantly pulling for our attention, for our affection, with all the, the pleasures and the things that this world says is worth living for, you are the one worth dying for. And we want nothing more, nothing else than you. For with you, we have everything. And without you, we have nothing. We want you in the middle of our lives, in the middle of our homes, middle of our church, middle of our nation. May we be Christ-centered and lead those within the sphere of our influence to be Christ-centered as well. You are worthy, worthy, worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. For you are God and you are good, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 It's been an amazing week this week. Um, we had what we call love Athens. This is our second year to do it with the, the blessings and the cooperation of our city. We went and and blessed many within our city and even in the city itself, working different uh, projects within the city, uh, helping people in their homes and, and just various things. And it's just an awesome opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. Just to go, you know, oftentimes the church is telling people that we love them, um, but it's high time we show people that we love them. Amen. Talk can be cheap sometimes. So it's been a good week for that. Uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be a blessing. Amen. Other thing is uh, something happened in our Supreme Court this week. Uh, the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Amen. And uh, we are celebrating that. We are at Sand Springs unashamedly, unapologetically people who love life from the womb to the tomb and, uh, and I'll say this again, I've said it numerous times, I'll say it again, we not only love the life of that, that unborn child, we love the life of that mom who have found, maybe found herself in a tough situation and I've said it before and I'll say it again. We love you and we will not throw rocks at you and, and, and curses and comments at you, but we would rather come alongside you, young lady, and love you and show you what the church is supposed to be. And we will help you in every facet, physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally, we will help you. And we, we love life, God loves life, we love life, amen. And that's the way it's supposed to be. All right, we're going to talk today about a blessed home. Everybody want a blessed home? Yes. Amen. We want a blessed home. I don't know if you grew up in a happy home. Uh, we, can't, we don't have power over the past, but we certainly have power over the present. And so maybe you didn't grow up in a happy home. I wish you did. Uh, but we can, we can certainly, we can't, we can't change what happened to us. We can certainly change what, what we can change. Our home right here and now, amen. And so we want to give some, uh, some, some reminders. I don't think any of this would actually be new to you, but it's reminders of how that we can have a happy home. And, and I think we want happy homes. Everyone wants to be able to go home to a refuge, to, to a place of rest and, and refreshment. Uh, it, sometimes we live in a chaotic world and, and, uh, and sometimes it's just full of, uh, of yuck and we just want to go home, just want to go home. And when we get home, we want it to be a place filled with peace and love and joy. Amen? Well, there's a way to do that, and uh, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. And if Christ is the center of our homes, that will be the environment of our homes. And so I've got a a few points today that will just be reminders for you uh, how that you can work towards a happy home. A happy home, first and foremost, will be a heavenly home. A heavenly home. What I mean by that? Set the atmosphere in our household. The word should be heard in your home. Amen. Amen. Talk to me now. The word should be heard in your home and prayer should not be rare in your home. Amen. And and praise should be over the airwaves in your home. So uh, what do we hear when we walk into your house? What we hear is the atmosphere, not what you see. Because the truth of the matter is you can hang, hang scriptures all over the house have Bibles open on the tables and, and, and negative, caustic, hateful, angry junk be poured out all over the airwaves and that, that's the atmosphere. That's truly the atmosphere. So what you hear is the atmosphere. It should be a heavenly home. It should be, be one in which uh, there's praise, not just for the Lord, but even for each other. Encouragement, there should be, it should just be a, an atmosphere that is, 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 is Christ-centered, spirit-filled, you know what I mean? Y'all hear me? What is being heard in your home is, is vitally important. What's being played over your TV and over your radio. And, and, and when I'm, what I'm preaching today might actually sound very practical. I, I hope all of my preaching is practical. And some might would say, well, that doesn't sound very, very spiritual. Uh, but I want to tell you something. I've known some very uh, um, spiritual men whose kids don't want anything to do with them, the Lord, or the church. They don't want anything to do with it. They, and, and there's a reason why that the criteria for leadership within the church is that man needs to have his house in order. Why is that a criteria for an overseer or a deacon? It's written twice in the scriptures in Timothy and in Titus it's written twice. Why is that a criteria? Because your family knows who you really are. Your family knows who you really are. And so uh, if anybody knows that you're a phony, it'll be your family. They'll know it for sure. And so how you are behind your closed door uh, is vitally important. And so your home should be a heavenly home. It it should be one in which uh, the Lord is just evident in what is heard. Now, I want you to also uh, remember this. Your home should be a healthy home. Turn with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four. And uh, as a healthy home, uh, of course it matters what you have on the table, but what's being spoken around the table is even more important. Do you have a family meal? I know it's almost like our lives are too busy to even have that anymore, isn't it? I I know that last week uh, was a busy week because of Love Athens week but but man we didn't even have a family meal last week it was all uh all in town because we were serving and but but uh, you just kind of feel that i just want to go home i just want to go home i just want to sit with my family around the dinner table and so when i mean healthy it's not necessarily what is on the table but what's going on around the table i remember uh, it was a few years ago uh we were visiting with the, the the coach of uh uh Trinity Valley Cardinals and uh we were a host family for uh, Friends of the Cards and, and so as they what what that is is um it's a neat program in which uh each of the athletes uh is connected to a family within a church. And so we hosted uh, uh, students and athletes for several years and it, it shocked me when the coach said, many of our football players will come to this college having never sat down at a family meal. I'm like college kids, college kids, having never sat down at a dinner table with their family in their entire life. That not only blew my mind, but it broke my heart. And so at that time, that's when we started our faith family feast, I said, well, if they don't have a family to sit down with at the table at their home, they'll find one in their church home. And so on Wednesday nights, we come and sit down at the dinner table, uh, during the school semesters. And so, uh, but it, it, a healthy home is a home in which we recognize that I need to be emotionally healthy, but also need to look after the emotional health of my family. Amen. And part of that is. Uh, when I say healthy, um, it doesn't mean that it's totally void of conflict. Conflicts come. Amen. If you, if you, if you don't think that's true, you can come to the preacher's house. <laughs> and I promise you it's true. But if Christ is the center of the home, they're rare. I, catch, I need you to catch that. It should not be common. Conflicts should not be common. They should actually be quite rare And so if, if it's a healthy home if it's a heavenly home in which the airways are just filled with praise of the Lord and each other encouragement good things good things good things, and, and that that will be emotionally healthy for us to come into rather than gossip and criticism and backbiting and throat-cutting and accusations and negativity y'all hear me? It needs to be a healthy home because we can say, well, the family that, that prays together stays together. Well, that sounds neat. It rhymes. <laughs> but, but I've known some households that they, they had a family altar. They prayed together and they did Bible studies together. But it was more an accusation, accusation, accusation. And those kids want nothing to do with the Lord today. They're grown adults now. Have kids of their own. Walked away. So your home should be a healthy home. In which, if there is conflict, it gets resolved quickly. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Be angry. Is it okay to be angry? It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry, but what you do with that anger is important. How you handle that anger is important. Be angry and do not sin. So, our feelings are real, are they not? but they're not always right. They are real. I feel what I feel, but it may be totally wrong as to what I feel. And I may have misperceived something completely or, or, or blown it all out of proportion, but my feelings are real. They're just not always right. And even if they are, I can still be angry and not sin. You see, the Bible says that there's evidence of a life of flesh. And one of the evidences of a life of flesh is an outburst of wrath. It says, of Scripture says, the the life of of, of flesh is evident. And it goes down this long list of uh, evidences of the flesh. But then it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Self-control versus outburst of wrath. Are you with me? You're operating in the flesh, there'll be outbursts of wrath. You'll be anger and sin. Junk will come flying out of your mouth that damages and actually can damage your children for the rest of their lives. Because the smaller they are, the bigger the offense. The smaller they are, they will take something that, that, that hurtful that was said or done, and it may not have been very big at all, but in their mind, uh, the devil will twist that thing and grow that thing over the course of life. And I've counseled with a lot of adults that they are, they are wounded over something that was done as a child. And I even questioned whether, whether it was even real or how, how bad was it? Because I've been doing this long enough that we will blow something up in our own mind. But here's the thing. Here's the solution. Handle it quickly. Handle it quickly. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Conflict will come, just handle it quickly. Otherwise it will become a cancer that will, will, will continue to grow and masticize and permeate every part of our lives. And so when conflict does lovingly with the, with the, the purpose of restoration, handle it quickly. Because if you don't, what will happen? Look at the next verse. Nor give place to the devil. When you allow a hurt to remain, you just open up the door for the devil to come in and do his best best work. And his best work is your worst hurt, and that's what he does. How, how many of us would openly, just intentionally, open the door to somebody that's going knocks on your door? Can I come in? Who are you? I'm your neighborhood pedophile. I understand you got children in the house. Sure, come on in. Who would be so stupid? (laughs) Who would be so stupid? Or even say, not in such an active role, but in a passive role, say, uh, well, I know I have a pedophile living next door to me and I got a 12 year old uh, child in the room next to me, but I don't think it's a problem to sleep with my doors unlocked. You would not do this. However, we will allow a, a hurt to to continue to permeate a conflict to remain and god says you're leaving the door open do you hear me and we're talking about more than just emotional it's also spiritual you're giving the devil an opportunity to get into your household and jack with your family because he hates you, he hates your children, he hates your marriage, he hates anything of unity. He wants to divide it and destroy it. That's the truth. That's the truth. So when conflict does rise, and it does, lovingly, lovingly handle it and deal with it. Who likes conflict? Anybody like, no, we hate it. We hate it. And and, and I've had people say, man, you... You're quick to handle conflict. Yeah, because I hate it so bad. And I would rather handle it right now than to sleep one more night with it. Worrying and stressful and frustrated because in the ministry you deal with conflict. But they say, man, you handle that quickly. I had to for my own personal well-being. So let's let our homes be harmonious homes. Amen. I don't care if you got kids in the house or not. Uh, it should be harmonious. so well, we raised them up, we set them on. Now it's what we do in our house, our business. It, it still should be a harmonious home. Probably going to be a little better now that they go. Oh, why did I say that? <laughs> uh, bless them, Lord, bless them. So it should be a harmonious home. It should be a home filled with honor, honor. It should be honoring each other. Husbands honor your wives. Speak words of honor over your wives that your children could hear it. Wives, honor your husbands. Speak words of honor over them that their children could hear it. Children's, children's, <laughs> honor your parents. That's the Bible. Honor your father and your mother. Let's, let's read the next chapter if we look over into, oh, you know what? I'm not going to jump the gun yet. Let's let's. I'll come back to it. Everybody okay with that? I want you to turn with me to uh, same passage, chapter four, verse twenty-nine. If we're going to have a healthy home, a harmonious home, a home with words of honor rather than words of hurt, verse twenty-nine. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. And I don't just mean cuss words. Oh, he done said a wordy dirt. No, I mean. Hateful, negative, critical, harsh, mean. Don't let, that, don't let that stuff be spoken in your household. The devil will take those things and twist them and, and make them into something horrible and big. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. For But what is good for necessary edification, building up, building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What's being heard in your house, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption when when nasty hateful critical garbage is, is spoken in your house you know who is grieved the holy spirit the holy spirit and you know to grieve the spirit is done when if you've ever grieved you know what grief is if you lost someone close to you that's grief that's real grief when the bible says the holy spirit is grieved when what goes on in our relationships is negative and hurtful and harsh and mean that the Holy Spirit says oh it hurts I wish you'd speak kindly to one another I wish you'd quit all the, the, the hard harsh language toward another he goes on to say do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption let all bitterness wrath anger clamor and evil speaking all of those things are spoken be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another amen I want you to. I want you to help me now. Be kind to one another, tim- tender-hearted, forgiving one another. That business of forgiveness gets preached often because it is so vitally important. We believe in healing at Sand Springs. I don't know if you knew that. We believe in healing at Sand Springs. We go. We know our God is still here. We, we have. We have proof all over this house. Uh, but you know what? Some people will forfeit their healing because they're still holding on to for- unforgiveness they're still holding on and there's there's passages of scriptures that tell us that 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 God will allow us to remain in that hurt until we forgive and then when we do forgive he will come and bring healing But but he we need to get that junk out of our lives and certainly out of our homes Be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen? Amen. Amen Let our homes be health, heavenly homes Let our homes be healthy homes and here. I want you to know your home needs to be a holy home A holy home. What do I mean by that? Does it mean totally sin free? I wish it were. But if you got people, you got problems. (laughs) Amen. What do I mean by a holy home? A holy home. Holiness means to be set apart for God's purposes. Amen. Amen. Is your home set apart for God's purposes? Your home is one that you say, Christ is the center of this household. And, and, and this is the standard of this household. Well, and, and we will live by the word of the Lord, the standard of the Lord. I'm gonna drop everything, throw it all off the table. But, but it is a set apart household in which my marriage is supposed to represent Christ in the church. I should be a living illustration Amen. Let's continue to read the scriptures. Ephesians chapter five, verse 23, two, 22. All right, ladies, don't get mad at me. Well, don't get mad at me. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Why do we get mad about that? Sometimes ladies say, he ain't worth submitting to. He's just a dog. He don't treat me good. Why should I submit to him? I need you to also recognize what that scripture says. Not as if he is the Lord. He is not to be lording over you, but as unto the Lord. There are people who will come through these doors that that need help and we will help them. And sometimes we will help people that we recognize and we know from the start they ain't going to do right with this. And we try to be very discerning and we try to, we pray that they will, but that's not, we cannot judge who is worthy of our help. How do we handle it? We say, Lord, I'm giving this as unto you, as if I were giving it to you. What they do with it is their business. I gave it in the right heart. So why, wives submit your husbands as unto the Lord. What does this mean? It is a form of worship. You ain't worshiping them, you're worshiping the Lord. And it is a saying, I recognize that God is a God of order. Satan loves chaos and conflict. God is a God of order. And as a God of order, he has an order for my household. He has an order for everything. You can see it on the first day of creation. He starts building things in order. Why did he build the cows and all of the animals on day one? Because it was out of order. And there would be hurt there would be struggle there would be so the house has an order too and so i like football i'm ready for football season to come back but let me just tell you that football is is a pretty good illustration of the home the coach is christ amen the coach is christ and oftentimes the quarterback goes to the sideline and gets the play and the quarterback comes to the huddle and say okay this is what this is what the coach wants us to run everybody with me you follow me? Everybody know what a huddle is? Does anybody? All right. So we come back to the huddle. The father of the household should be constantly going to the Lord on behalf of his family. Everybody agree with that? Doesn't matter if you do or not, it's from the scripture. That's what it's supposed to be happening. So you go to the, to the, to the Lord, Lord, any direction for my household? I come back, huddle, 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 huddle. Here's what I believe the Lord's doing. Here's the way I'm supposed to lead this household. Does that mean there's no conversation? Absolutely not. So in the huddle, oftentimes there's conversation. Now, now exactly how are we supposed to run this play? What else? Back and forth, back and forth. And and oftentimes this is the way it happens. Mom says, uh, you know, here's what I think I've heard from the Lord. Dad says, I I think I can confirm that. I totally feel like that's what the Lord's calling for our household to do. That's what the Lord is leading us into. It's not a lording over. It's not a beating down. And why are you supposed to submit to your husband even though he's abusive? I'm going to just, I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it, I'm going to tell it. I've had women come to me and say, my husband is abusive. And the previous pastor told me I was supposed to submit to him and continue to take it. I said, well, you, you had a different church then." I've had husbands come to me, all brokenhearted. (laughs) I'm going to give away my business. Come meet me in my office. She's leaving me. Durn right she's leaving you. You done smacked her around for three times since you've been in this church. You came to the wrong pastor. Do you think you're going to get sympathy from me? Here's how I tell them. I said, when you come into this family, you got some brothers that will look out for you, sister. We will look out for you, sister. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. I just kind of go, whoo, got me off. I started to feel that one, Bruce. Do not think you can be abusive and have God's word that that's okay. It ain't, it ain't okay. And we are, we, we are a family that don't tolerate that. So anyway, moving on. Uh, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband's the head of the wife is also Christ, is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. What you begin noticing is that the marriage is a living illustration of a relationship between Jesus and the body, the church, Right. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Why do you have to be told to love your wife? I don't know why, but we have to be told to love our wives. I don't know. We had to be told. Can I just help you with these passages of scripture? Let's just drop down to the last verse of this chapter and it'll help you. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Here is the truth, the truth, the truth. Men were made with a need for respect. Men were made, forget all the gender fluidity stuff, men were made with a need for respect. Men are made, women are made, all right, and they're made different. Wives, if you disrespect your husband, especially in a crowd, especially in front of your children, you might as well just cut his legs out from under him. You have just set your household in a mess. Because men need it. I'm, I know, I, I are one. <laughs> men, wives are wired with a need of affection. And if you deprive them of that, if you don't follow the scriptures, then you have set a mess in your house. They need this. They, they, need, they need that security. Uh, of knowing that my home is a happy home with a husband who is a protector and a provider and that he, will, he, he loves me no matter what, it, that affection is needed. It not. Uh, here's what an old timer, the, 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 the older lady said to him, said, you don't tell me you love me anymore. He said, honey, the day we got married, I told you I loved you then. If that ever changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, that's wrong. The Bible says love your wives. They need affection. And so when we look at all this passage of scripture as an illustration, our family should be a living illustration of the love of Jesus Christ for the church and the love back from the church to Christ, amen. But here is this order, God's order. I share this all the time. I never get tired of sharing it. I hope you don't get tired of hearing it. We have the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're always united. They never disagree with one another. You don't ever hear God and Jesus arguing with each other. (laughs) They're always united. So God's blessings flow straight down. You need to understand that. His blessings flow straight down. That's what I mean by that was when you line up under the authority of God, you line up under the blessings of God. Everybody want to be blessed? I do. So as God's blessings flow straight down, sometimes in our world we have... People that are in positions of authority over us, and so let's say we have God, but we may have also um, 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 our um, government officials, police officers, uh, different positions of authority, our bosses. Those those are in our world. Everybody, we got, we all deal with that. Now, if those authorities line up under God, man, it sure makes things nice. So I, again, I'm praising God for the Supreme Court decision this week. If they line up under God, it sure makes it easier down the stream, all right? But if they don't, it does not excuse me. I'm still supposed to line up under the God's authority because his blessings flow. I want his blessings. Whether you get them or not, I want them. And so his blessings flow straight down. If I line up under the authority of God, uh, let's, say, let's say my boss doesn't. I still do. He may not get the blessings. I'm going to get them. He actually might be blessed because I'm blessed That's Scripture, but I'm going to get my blessings. I line up under the authority now. So this is in line. Everybody with me. Everybody say in line line. Under the authority of God and then here's the order father mother children. That's the order Got a problem with it. It's still the order father mother children in line and in order The father is to be leading this team called the household or the family The, the the mother is in this position of powerful position uh dad may set the thermostat but she's the thermostat <laughs> and when you walk into the household something he says all of a sudden this house just got cold <laughs> y'all, y'all don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh, anyway we, we have these positions if the kids are running this house you got some little tyrant child that you have never put in a position to understand no a dad runs this household i'll warm that backside i tell you what dad runs it if the kids are running the household what have you got chaos chaos in line and in order and when you have that you have blessings amen you have blessings. And so I need to move off of that. But uh, as, you know, as we have new people come in the doors all the time, there are people who never heard that. They didn't know that was scriptural. And it is, it's, it's, it's all through the scriptures. And so if you go on to chapter six, it says children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise that it may be well with you. You may live long on the earth. Yeah, because if you do the opposite, you may not live very long. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, Verse 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. What is it to provoke a child to wrath? Well, there's lots of ways to do that. Lots of ways to do that. Uh, But one of those ways is, man, you just don't ever let up. You just don't ever let up, do you? It's never good enough. It's never, it's, it, there's no peace here. It's just constant provoking, 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 provoking. And then one of the days, the, and I see this, I see this in some spiritual households, and I see this, and it's not a happy home, it's a hard home, and, and the provoking, 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 all of a sudden, the, the child turns to and, and rebels and says, what went wrong? What went wrong? I brought them up in church. Yeah, but did you bring them up in, up in Christ? You can bring one up in church and not bring them up in Christ. You can continue provoke, provoke, push, 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 pressure, 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 pressure. And when they break under the pressure, I'll say, what went wrong? I did it by the book. Well, let me just tell you this. If your Christianity is nothing but solemn and seriousness, your kids are not going to want what you got. They're not going to want what you have. Here's, here's, the, here's the other part. Your home should be healthy, holy, heavenly, harmonious, and humorous. That should, man. If y'all can't laugh at each other, <laughs> I mean, it should be. There should be laughter in our households. Amen. It should be fun. It should be joyful. What is a heavenly home? I think a heavenly home is when you walk in and hear laughter, not hollering, not yelling. Not screaming, cursing, laughter, joy, happiness. That should be a a happy home. And so uh, we we see that, yes, a father can provoke your children to wrath. Here's, Here's the other thing. I need you to understand this. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Parents, take that down. Young people, you will be parents someday soon. You need to understand this. Rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And if all you are is rule after rule after rule after rule and you don't share that you're with your children and your love towards them, you don't, you don't have that relationship, it's just cold and hard, then all of your rules turns into provoking and they will walk away from you. And they probably won't have anything to do with you or your religion. By the way, this is why religion stinks. Come on. Because religion is rules, repetition, ritual. Yeah. We, don't, we don't preach that here. It's relationship, 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 relationship. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Is it time? Yeah, it's time to wrap up. I'm going to wrap it up with this. Our homes should be a place of refuge, not refuse. If there's just trash, and I don't mean physical, I do mean physical, but I mean... <laughs> let me, let me, I said it this way in the first service. Let me say it this way in this, this service. You should never work more on your house than you do on your home. Amen. 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 Uh, just last night I was at my niece's wedding in Dallas and, and if you spend more time, energy, effort, and thought on your wedding than you do your marriage, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. I, I know we can spend so much thought and effort into our wedding. And then when we get into the marriage, uh, you know, I'll have people come just months after they're married and it's all just gone south. What happened? Will you quit working? It requires work. It requires effort. It requires conflict management. It requires, uh, 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 but it's not hard, is it? If Christ is in the middle, why? Because when Christ is in the center of my life, the spirit brings his fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Who doesn't like someone who's loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, Who doesn't like that kind of person? We love that kind of person. We want to live in a house with people like that. Well, then make Jesus the center of your home. Your home should be a place of refuge. Sometimes when we walk out into the world, it's chaotic, it's conflict, it's struggle, and I just want to go home to a place of refuge rest refueling refilling just a place in which there are kind words spoken not harsh words it's a place of peace not conflict it's a place of of joy not hardness and heaviness our home should be a refuge in which we armor up in the armor of the spirit god's armor before the day starts we go out as warriors for the kingdom of christ and we come back and we nurse each other's wounds And we go out again the next day. It should be a place of refuge. It should be a place of refueling emotionally. Emotionally, I should not be drained when I walk into my house. I should be filled back up, amen. And then finally, it should be a place of recreation. Don't take yourself so serious. If there's not laughter in your household, if you ain't funny, Find somebody that is (laughs) in the form of a DVD of a a, 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 a clean, clean, please. I know it's going to be hard, but get some laughter. Make your house a place of enjoyment. And I said this before, a family that plays together stays together. It's not heresy. Oh, he didn't say it right. He didn't say praise together. Well, I said praise is my first point. We ought to pray with one another. Prayer should not be rare in your household. Amen? Prayer should not be rare in your household. The word should be heard in your household. Amen? Praise should be over the airwaves in your household. But the family that plays together stays together. Brother Vic Taylor, love him dearly. He raised two awesome young men as sons who now have sons of their own. Uh, one of his sons now has two sons. The other sons have three sons. And so he got a household full of men and brother Vic told me when my boys were this old, he said, uh, don't forget to have fun with your kids. Now I was taking my parenting role very serious at that time. Oh, I know I'm, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to teach my children right and to do right. And, and and he just come along as one who's already been there, done that. And he said, don't forget to have fun with your kids. Boy, it didn't sound spiritual at all. Some of the best parenting advice I've ever gotten. Amen? Yeah. Now I got a 20-year-old who won't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with him. I'm just serious. Uh, <laughs> but... I pray that in your home, there is laughter. (coughs) Amen. There's a lot of heaviness out there, but may your home be healthy. May your home be happy. May your home be holy. May Jesus be at the center of your household. Amen. Father God, I thank you for my boys. I ain't always did it, I haven't always done it right, but I sure won't to. I'm not an expert in this area. I just know that when you are at the center of our lives and our homes, everything is better. Everything is better. Lord, I want this church to be filled with healthy families. That the joy of the Lord is evident in their homes. The joy of the Lord is all over them individually. We want to see your activity in our lives. We want to see our activity in our community. We want to see your activity in this, in this city and in this country, but it starts in our home. So Lord, I pray that if there's a, uh, something in my house that needs to be removed, would you put your finger on that right now? Or if there's something in my heart that needs to be removed, you put your finger on that right now. Lord, you would show us what we might be missing, or maybe show us when we're just taking ourselves way too serious. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We do love you.
1: In Jesus' name
0: we pray. Amen. Everybody stand with me. You do know Scripture says laughter is good like a medicine. Amen. A merry heart does good like a medicine. If it gets heavy around you, surround you with some people who have merry hearts. And... Hopefully they'll be Jesus people. But maybe here this morning you're saying, I, I've, got, I've got some hurt I, get, I need to get dealt with. Prayer team, come on to the front. We got people that will pray with you. The Lord wants to, if you he, he wants to do it. If you got a hurt that he needs to heal, a void he needs to feel, he wants to. He wants to, the altar's open. You can come and just spend time with the Father in prayer. And I started off my message this way. I don't know if you grew up in a happy home. I wish you had, if you didn't, but you can live in one now. You can live in one now. It's not, uh, d- don't, be, don't be using the this, this silly cop out of, well, it's all in how I was raised. what happened to me in my childhood i can't change i'm sorry yes you can yes you can you can change that you can i know so as the lord moves you you move as we worship him together if he does move you the worst thing you could do is stay put and do nothing but i know you love your families and you want them to be healthy happy joyful homes so whatever he moves you to do be obedient and do it as we sing